As we're winding down the year, we have something special for you here at Front Stage Backstage. We are looking back across 2023 and revisiting episodes that had some of the highest engagement levels. That's right, this is the top of 2023. And these are those conversations that you, our audience, found most compelling as evidenced by your views, downloads, shares, and comments. Today, we head back to October and my conversation with Amber L.B. Swenson. We discuss avoiding letting worry get in the way of our lives, our ministries, and even our spiritual well-being. So now, won't you join me in my conversation with Amber L.B. Swenson. How can we overcome one of the most often overlooked hindrances to our spiritual well-being? In this episode, I'm joined by Amber L.B. Swenson. Amber is a podcaster, speaker, and the author of seven books, including her latest entitled Soul Care. Together, Amber and I explore how worry can seep into our ministries and derail our spiritual well-being. Amber also shares some reminders and disciplines that can help us embrace healthy soul care. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, friends, and welcome to yet another insightful episode of Front Stage Backstage. I'm your host, Jason Day, and it is my privilege each and every week to have the opportunity to sit down with a trusted ministry leader and dive into a conversation uh, all in an effort to help you and pastors and ministry leaders just like you embrace really a, a healthy and a sustainable rhythm for both your life and your ministry. And excited about today's show. We are blessed to be a part of the Pastor Serve Network. And not only do we uh, produce a show every single week, uh, but our team also creates a toolkit that complements every single episode. And this gives you and your ministry team at your local church an opportunity to dig more deeply into the conversation that we have and, and dive into the topic. And you can find that toolkit at pastorserve.org slash network. And there you'll find a number of resources, including our ministry leaders growth guide. And again, you can use that with the uh, leadership team at your local church uh, to really reflect on this conversation and to dig more deeply. So be sure to check that out at pastorserve.org slash network. And our team at PastorServe loves to walk alongside of pastors and ministry leaders. And we are offering a complimentary coaching session uh, with one of our trusted and experienced ministry coaches. And you can learn more about that at pastorserve.org slash free session. Now, if you're joining us on YouTube, I ask that you give us a thumbs up and just take a moment to drop your name and the name of your church in the comments below. We love getting to know our audience better, and we will be praying for you and for your ministry. And whether you're um, watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform, please take time to subscribe and to follow so you do not miss out on any of these great conversations. And as I said, I'm excited about today's conversation. That This time, I'd like to welcome Amber L.B. Swenson to the show. Amber, welcome. Thanks for having me. And wow, those are great resources. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, yeah. So excited to have you, sister, with us. Um, excited about diving into this conversation. Now, we are going to talk about soul care, which, um, as you and I both have talked about, that this is something that we actually share a lot about on the show. And so this is one of those things that um, we believe in very much so, that we uh, understand is important for ministry leaders to really embrace and it's interesting because in ministry, you're often looking out for other people's souls. 
yeah. right? That's what we invest a lot of our time and our energy. And sometimes we neglect our own soul care. And mm -hmm. so I, I appreciate uh, you've recently released a book aptly titled Soul Care um, yeah. that really dives into some different elements around um, just really what does it mean for us to care for our own souls? Mm -hmm. And and we are going to look at one element, um, at least one element, but we're going to start with this one element that um, as, as I read through this chapter in the book, I was it really kind of you know, jogged my, my, my mind a bit because it's one of those things that can suddenly slip in. Uh, we may not recognize it. And yet, as you say, it, it can really, um, really kind of derail, um, caring for our own souls. And that is the topic of worry. And so Amber, I would love for you just to kind of share with us, if you would, mm -hmm. um, how is it that worry, um, begins to hinder our own soul care? Yeah, so I work with one of my colleagues is Pastor Mike Novotny, and he calls worry and anxiety living in the land of what if. So instead of just dealing with what we have on our plate now, and I think anybody in ministry has probably enough on their plate, if we think about it. Right, without <laughs> a doubt. Instead of focusing and concentrating on what's right in front of us right now, we let our minds go to the, but what if? What if I plan this event? and this happens, or that happens, or what if this person doesn't show up? Or what if I suddenly lose my train of thought? Or what if I do all that counseling with that person, and then they make a different choice? And we're, we're investing so much time and energy into living in a what if land that isn't reality. And so many times we work out scenarios in our head that never that never come to pass. So when you start thinking about how much time and energy you're putting into that, how much sleep you're losing, thinking of things that could go wrong or might go wrong, or this person isn't making the right choices or whatever. You realize that it's such a phenomenal waste of time and energy to live in that land of what if, and yet it's so easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt, Amber. And, you know, it's interesting when we, when we look at this topic of worry, um, I find myself doing this. I'm sure others do this. We tend to soften worry with the idea of we're concerned right? We're, we're ministry leaders. We're pastors. This is what we do. We're concerned yeah. for others. We're concerned about the outcomes. And so we try to soften, you know, this idea of worry with this is just, you know, this is, we're, we're doing our, our responsible duty uh, mm -hmm. in ministry. Uh, Amber, how, how is it that we can, you know, kind of fool ourselves when yeah. it comes to caring for our own souls, you know, and talk ourselves out of certain things or, or even just soften things like mm -hmm. this, especially when it comes to this idea of worry. I think concern is fair. I mean, I think we see a lot of things to be concerned about in our culture, in our families, in congregations. In, I, mean, I think concern is fair. What you do with that concern can either become worry or something far better, which is, is this within your control? I have older children. So my kids are, uh, my youngest is 15 up to 23. And I can't, I, I'm no longer in a situation to, you know, make sure they make all the right choices. I, I, I have, my 15 year old is living at home. I have one married one off at college. And so, you know, I, um, you can be concerned when you see things and when you hear things that you are like, wow, you know, I didn't, think we did that as a family, but uh, right, right. You know, what are you going to do about that? So I could sit up and worry all night. I could worry and fret all day. I could run my children 
nuts and crazy by nagging them. But really at the end of the day, none of those things have done anything. So a better option when we are concerned with a member, with our family, with where the world is going is to pray. That's what we're directed to do. We're directed in scripture to cast our anxiety on him. So God has big shoulders. He can handle all of it. I can't. So concern is fair, but what are you going to do with that concern once you see something? Um, if you're not praying and involving God in the situation, you're really only depending on your own resources. And I know for myself, I can't make anybody else do anything. No matter how many times I tell them that path is a bad path, or you, re you really got to think about this. Only God can change hearts. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's helpful. Amber. And, and when it comes to soul care, um, a lot of soul care has to do with really just paying attention, you know, you know, slowing down and paying attention to our own lives, our mm -hmm. own rhythms and those, those yes. types of things. And so Amber, help us with, with this idea of what, do, what do we need to be looking for as we're paying attention, right? Mm -hmm. um, when things are shifting from concern to worry. Like, like yeah. what are some red flags maybe, or some hints that we're, uh, we're, you're, yeah, we're overreaching a little bit. Um, not being able to give it up. So it's, you're ruminating on this situation over and over and over. Like I said, when you're not sleeping, when you are up at night, worried, really truthfully worried when you think that you have control that you don't have control over. When you're thinking about things that don't really matter, think of the disciples coming to Jesus and saying, who's the greatest? Or can I sit on your right? Or can I sit on your left? When your mind is constantly going to those things that don't really matter, but you're fixated on them, um, then that's a, a point of concern. And I've also found that when I'm fretting, so when I, when I cannot stop thinking of something, when I am fretting, when one of my children, just recently I had a, a daughter driving back to college, she was pushed off the road, like somebody cut into her lane, she was in a ditch. Um, you know, you get this call and you're just fretting, right? And then I think, well, wait a second, she called me, she's okay. <laughs> like, stop, think. And then I, there's a something that I've learned to do because I'm a great worrier. I, I, I have tried and have come long, a long ways in, in overcoming this. But I remind myself that God is faithful. So when I'm praying and I'm praying about, you know, my adult children or whatever, or a situation in the church or a situation in the world, I pray and I give it to God and I say, God, you are faithful. You see all of us. You know us. I'm putting it in your hands. And then I just need to leave it there. If it's becoming a source of you know, like I said, you're ruminating on it. You cannot do anything else. You you bring it up over and over and over in a conversation. You go home at the end of the day and that's all you're talking to your wife about. It's a problem. Give it right. to God. Yeah. Yeah. That, that That's helpful. Now, as we're looking at um, just kind of our own life, our own kind of spiritual formation, uh, you've given some, some great insights on, you know, how to kind of combat worry, you know, mm -hmm. prayer. And, and we all are like, yes, of course we should pray. Right. I mean, that's, that's like, that's like the given. Although oftentimes we move to so many other things and prayer is almost a last resort. Um, yes. and then you talked about this faith, you know, it, you know, declaring God's faithfulness, which mm -hmm. I think is huge. Right. So it's this idea of leaning in praying and then, 
not just, um, you know how sometimes we can just, our prayers are just us worrying out loud to God somehow, you know what I mean? Like, like we're still ruminating, as you said, um, but we're kind of spiritualizing it because we're talking to God about it. Um, but this idea that you mentioned of, of actually declaring God's faithfulness and looking to the goodness of God in, in, in the uh, presence of God, you know, in this situation, mm-hmm. I think is super helpful. Are there other things, Amber, that you have found maybe helpful in your own life or you've seen in the lives of others, mm-hmm. other, other, you know, tools um, or disciplines that can help us overcome this, you know, this tendency to worry? Yeah. So two things come to mind. Uh, reading the Bible and figuring out where worry comes from. So first of all, when the children of Israel got to the promised land, they saw the people who were there, the spies came back, they saw the people and they immediately turned to just all out worry. They're too big. They're too powerful. There's no way. God wasn't very happy with that. I mean, there were it was a pretty serious consequence that they had to pay because they, he had showed his faithfulness all along the way. When they didn't have food, he provided food. When they didn't have water, they provide, he provided water. Like he, he was a pillar of light, <laughs> you know, and, a, and a, he, day and night pillar of fire and, and a, the, the cloud during the day, like he had shown himself. And so in the Bible, we're given these things of God's faithfulness and go to the Bible and read these stories, read about Gideon and how God met him in his worry and the children of Israel and how God met them. And then read David going up against Goliath who had zero worry because he knew where his hope was found. So, I mean, I love, and I need to go back to the Bible to see what people, what examples were given in terms of who worried and how did that go for them? And who trusted in God and how did that go for them? And you can always write your own stories of faithfulness. You know, we've all gone through things, sicknesses, money issues, um, trauma at the church, right? Mm -hmm. How did God get us through that in the, in, you know, three years ago? Remember how that worked out? Remember the miraculous ways he showed up? Go back to that. Then also just remembering where worry comes from. Worry is not from God. Worry is not from God. Nowhere in the Bible does it say worry. In (laughs) fact, we're told as a command, do not worry. And when I realized that, as I was studying the book of Matthew and I came to that passage, it was the first time I realized it was a command and not a suggestion. Hmm. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not worry. It's not a commandment, but it's a command. It's not a suggestion. And Jesus didn't say, except for if things are really spinning out of control, then you should. He said, do not worry. You know why? Because my heavenly father sees when birds fall. And if he sees when birds fall, why do you think he's not watching everything you do? When I realized that and recognized that, wait a second, worry is not from God, then where's it from? It's a tool of Satan. And if it's a tool of Satan, to derail me, that was a great word that you used, to derail me from my purposes and all that God would have me do. I don't want it. So you need to learn to say, I'm not doing that. And once you learn that, once you figure it out, we're told resist the devil and he will flee from you. So when you say, when you declare God is faithful, I'm not going to worry about this. 
Satan has nothing to do. Like he tried. You're not falling for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that. And and as we um as we're serving in ministry, as we are um, you know, wearing many different hats, lots of activity, lots of concerns, right? <laughs> lots of things that we're we're dealing with. Do you find, Amber, that that wordy um worry grows whenever you know in the midst of, of heightened activity as opposed to you know slowing, mm -hmm. it, it seems to me in my own experience that those those times when i'm not slowing down are those times when my worries you know it, it makes sense as i'm saying this out loud i'm like no doubt right like it makes sense but but talk to us a little bit about that amber that that relationship between you know slowing down and mm -hmm or hyperactivity, you know, yep. lots of things happening and, and worry. How does that all come together? Yeah. So I would say, who are the voices around you? Because I like, again, those children of Israel outside of the land of Canaan, all the leaders were saying, we can't do it. They were the ones who were saying, you know, this is too much guys, we can't do it. And they, they persuaded the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. I have a dear friend, one of my dearest friends in the world. She always says, Amber, the most important thing's been paid for. Jesus died for our sins. Everything else, if your Christmas program doesn't go off great, you know, if one of the guitars doesn't work, it, it's not as big of a deal as you're making it out to be. Really, we put a lot on ourselves as ministry right. leaders that nobody's salvation depends on this. If you're not preaching the word, now I have reason to be worried for your congregation. But if you're doing your due diligence, and I would say this, I went to a leadership conference years ago. I bet it was 12, 15 years ago. And there was a district president there who was over multiple pastors. And he was telling each of us, look, guys, um, if your spiritual life is not where it should be, so if you're not spending time with God every day, if you're not reading your Bible, if you're not praying, your ministry is absolutely showing it. And he says, nine times out of 10, when a congregation comes to him, they're having problems with their pastor. The first thing he asks is, how's your personal Bible study going? And the pastor will say, it's been so busy. Mm. And he'll say, that is not something that's negotiable because you can't do all the rest. If you're not feeding yourself first, if you're not taking care of your soul, you can't be the caretaker of other people's soul. You can't do it effectively. So it really comes down to making that private time for you. Look at Mary and Martha. What was the problem there? Mary did a or Martha did a beautiful thing inviting Jesus into her home. He was in her home talking and she wasn't listening to him. <laughs> we're so busy at church putting events on, putting things on. If we're not taking time to listen to Jesus, we've missed it completely. Our service is going to be lackluster at best. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's good. Such a such a great reminder there. Um, one of the, th the other things that you uh, touch on in in your book Soul Care is kind of this comparison piece, right? Mm -hmm. And and that comparison piece and and the worry piece, you know, that they, they, they relate to one another. Um, especially, I think in in ministry, probably in all aspects yeah. of life, but from the perspective of ministry, there's this idea of you know, we're comparing ourselves to other church, you know, church down the road or more than likely the church on social media or, or YouTube or whatever. Right. And, um, 
and and that comparison then feeds back into this this worry. So talk to us a little bit, Amber, about um, how we can recognize those two pieces and how they interplay, and what can we you know begin to do to to help ourselves overcome that. Yeah. First of all, I want to say that I am not above this. <laughs> just today, just today, somebody sent me something about Christian podcasters, and I quickly googled. I'm like top 100 Christian podcasters in, you know, America or whatever, female podcasters. I'm like, yep, I'm not on the list. No, yeah. you know, so it's like, none of us are above it. We right. all get sucked into it. Social media does not help anybody. Um, go back to the book of John. I think it's pretty near the last chapter. Jesus reinstates Peter and Jesus walking with Peter and telling him what's going to happen and John is following them. And Peter's like, hey, but what about him? And Jesus said, that's not your concern. That That's not your deal. You worry about you. We have all been given a ministry. And our job is to be faithful to that ministry. And it doesn't matter if there's 100 people in your church or 2,500 people in your church. We are to be faithful to what we are given. And when I minister to women all the time, I'm telling them, look, your role is to minister to your family, to your people in your neighbor, to your sphere of influence. Your sphere of influence are the people on your block, your coworkers, the people you go to church with. We always think that it has to be big and noticed for it to be valuable. And that's just not the way of God. Look at Zerubbabel when he was starting to rebuild the, the temple. And the people are like, this is it. This is nothing. This is just a speck of what it used to be. And God said to him, do not despise the day of small things. Small things matter. You're doing something important here. So do what you have been given to do faithfully and well. That's what we answer to God for. We don't answer to God for if we've um, you know, gotten to be 5,000 members. God put us where we need to be. And if we need to go somewhere else, he'll open that door too. Yeah, 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 that's good. And and um sometimes in the day-to-day, -day, and it's the way our world is set up, sometimes in the day-to-day, -day, you know, that that's a challenge. I mean, you've invented, you know, today you 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 bumped yeah. into this exact thing. Yeah. So so Amber, what are some when we're looking at soul care for our own lives, what what are some some ways that we can combat mm -hmm. our you know, propensity to, to compare ourselves to, to others. Just recognizing our gifts. I think it's so important to get a good grasp on your spiritual gifts. So I am horrific at hospitality and I am the first to admit it. I had a graduation this year and a wedding and I had, you know, a hundred people over to my house for a graduation party. And I was miserable for a month prior because I just do not do this well. Ask me to teach a Bible study and I'm all in. Um, but when you know your gifts, when you know what God uniquely created you to do, then you can joyfully serve him in the gifts that he's given you to do. I'm guilty. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of ministry leaders are guilty of trying to do things that they're not uniquely qualified to do. You know, you've got people running the worship team that don't read music. <laughs> and you, when you realize you know, maybe the reason this isn't going very well for me is because I'm, I'm not the person who should be doing this. And if I'm not the person who should be doing it, 
that means that someone else here probably has the gifts and they would do it a hundred times better. And recognizing that we're, we don't have to do it all. We don't have to do it all at the church. This is a body. There are different spiritual gifts for different people and we're all uniquely gifted. Then we can take a lot of pressure off ourselves in not just in terms of comparison, but in terms of how is my ministry going? Am I doing what I'm called to do? Or am I trying to do a whole bunch here that honestly, I'm not that great at. I probably shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that again, that that's really helpful. And the, the idea of really leaning into our strengths, um, mm -hmm. I think as you've said, helps kind of, um, erase some of that, that comparison trap, or at least alleviate a bit of that comparison trap, because then again, it, it comes back to our uniqueness in Christ yes. and, and, and back to what you even said earlier, just our faithfulness in who he created us to be and yes. how we are living that out right before others. And so as we look at um, this kind of tandem of, of worry and comparison, what would you say, Amber, is the, you know, in terms of, of ministry and leading a ministry, um, the way to kind of combat those two things together, um, because they, they feed one another. So are there, are, are there ways that we can, you know, kind of, again, identify what, what's happening identify, or, or at least mm -hmm. let our, you know, triggers that we can have and, uh, you know, positive triggers that we can have say, mm -hmm. Oh, I might be moving, moving into this kind of comparison, worry, comparison, worry, you know, kind mm -hmm. of battle back and forth. I would start with how joyful are you? Because mm. if you're serving and you're stressed out and you're miserable, something's off. That's good. Something's very off. And I think all of us in ministry have been there. Yeah. I know I have. Yep. And I was putting way too much on myself. I was um, majoring in the minors, you know, every micromanaging, trying to make sure everything was perfect. Every teacher did this, every, and um, if you are stressed out, wore out and pretty miserable, then I would say your worry meter and your comparison meter, and even just your identity are probably a bit off. When I quit comparing one of my dear colleagues, a couple of my colleagues right now are in Santa Barbara right now. They're on a little, uh, trip for our ministry and I've, you know, you get the pictures, right? Yeah. And I could get the pictures and think, huh, must be nice. Must really be nice. I don't think that at all. I praise God that he put them in that position and that they are doing the ministry that he put before them. And I'm here talking to you. And isn't that wonderful? Because <laughs> this is where God has put me today. And we can spend so much of our time on all the wrong things. And until we recognize that that is Satan's way of keeping us off track and keeping us from the important work that we need to be doing, then we're going to keep falling into these traps. But if we're miserable, if there's no joy in our service, if we're constantly envying other people, that's not from God. It's far better if you're struggling with that. And like I said, we all fall into the trap. We all fall. I mean, I'm not, I'm not beyond this. It's just a good time to pray and thank God for the good work that those other people are doing and pray yeah. and thank God for the good ministry that he's given you. Yeah. And leave it there because if God wants you in a different place, he'll put you in a different place. Yeah, that, that, that that's good, Amber. Uh, one of the things you mentioned there um, 
you alluded to the fact that we we often put more on our shoulders than mm -hmm. God's putting on our shoulders. Really, you know, oh, very uh, much so. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we, we, yeah, we, we very much. We, we, our expectations for ourselves are often much, much greater than than God's expectations. Um, when it comes to to caring for our souls, that alone can be very debilitating. Um, yet it's very easy to do. I would say, especially in ministry, yeah, because. Um, you know, we, we feel called to this. Mm -hmm. um, the questions we're wrestling with are are questions of eternity. Uh, you know, there there are all these you know amped up things mm -hmm. that come together in ministry. Yep. How how do you, Amber, or, and how have you seen others process through in a healthy way mm -hmm. that that you know, overburdening ourselves with, with expectations. I think one of the greatest quotes in my soul care book is the savior of the world did not have a savior complex. Hmm. When I look at Jesus, he didn't cure everybody. He withdrew. You know why he withdrew? He withdrew to pray. And you'd think, why did he need to pray? But if he did, my guess is I'm going to need to. Jesus recognized that it was not, you can't go 100% all day, every day. It's not sustainable. And if Jesus withdrew to pray, to teach his disciples, if he stayed away from crowds, when the, you notice sometimes when he walked away was when things were getting heated in Jerusalem, he went away. So sometimes when the political situation is getting crazy, we need to back off a little bit. We don't have to comment on everything that's going on in the world. Mm. In fact, a lot of times anymore, you know, this started in 2020. I remember, oh, the political climate was just awful, not just because of COVID, but I live in Minnesota where the George Floyd incident happened. So, I mean, the, the climate was pretty volatile. And sometimes I just had to say, these things are so far above me that I just have to put them on God's shoulders. And I don't have to comment on every single thing because you know what? These are complex issues. Right. I'm neither a medical doctor, nor am I an expert on racial tension and relationships. And for me to think I need to comment on everything, all I could say is, guys, this is complicated and it's complex and we're all trying to dig through it. And in the meantime, let's give each other tons of grace. Let's let's go to the Lord. Let's keep going back to the gospel because we know that doesn't change. We put far, far more on our shoulders than we need to. But if we look to Jesus, he didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Amber, I, I so appreciate that because I think one of the pieces of that putting stuff on our shoulders and in those, you know, hyper expectations we have on ourselves is we almost feel like we have to be experts in every yeah. field out there, right? Yeah. Like, like somehow we have to, yeah. as you said, you know, we have to know the answers to every question around politics or around um, racial division or, you know, whatever, whatever it is happening, uh, you know, medical stuff with, with COVID and all those things. And, mm -hmm. and, and the reality is, you know, just us being able to rest, as you said, in the goodness of God and step yeah. back and say, yeah, things are a mess. Um, but, but God, 
hasn't asked me to fix everything, nor could I. And, and, no. and so we have to be careful that we don't uh, take on more than what God's asked us to take on, but yet we're obedient and we lean into everything that he's asking us to lean into. And so that's, uh, that's, uh, you know, part of our, our journey as ministry leaders. And uh, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Amber, as we are kind of winding down this conversation, I wanted to give you an opportunity you have the the ears and eyes of your brothers and sisters serving on the front lines of ministry. I'd love to give you the opportunity just to to speak some some words of encouragement um, mm-hmm. into their lives now. You know what what words would you would you share with them today? Keep first things first. Um, you know, like I said, I majored in the minors for too long. I worried about little details, but um, it's so important to take your soul care seriously and to have accountability partners. I, the older I've gotten, the best ministry I do is with people who are like-minded, who can tell me, you know, I'm reading this in the Bible right now. And that encourages me, that spurs me on. And like I said, that good friend of mine who, when I'm, you know, off on a tangent and fretting about something, that good friend of mine who says, you know, God took care of the most important thing. He's got your salvation under control. So you know, you worrying about the kids' costumes for the Christmas party probably aren't that big of a deal. And I need that. And I hope that um, ministry leaders, I think most of us have realized that you can't isolate. It's not good to isolate. It's important to have friends and accountability partners who you can go to for that encouragement, especially that encouragement in the word. I had a great friend who through 2020 and 21, we were going through the Psalms. We'd pick different books of the Bible and we'd text each other every day. Like, this is what I noticed. Did you notice this? And man, the promises just leapt off the pages, you know? And so it's really important to take your soul care really seriously. And also to have other people walking alongside you who can pick you up when you're falling down. Cause we're all there. We all get those days where we're, man, I'm not going on. <laughs> like this is yeah, where I'm done. I'm exactly. done. And you need somebody, you need that other person to come alongside you and say, here's a promise from God's word, or here's what I'm reading today, or here's a worship song. Have you heard this mm-hmm. one yet about, you know, whom shall I fear? God of angel armies always by your side. And so that's super important to me just to have those people in my life who I can be transparent with when I am down. And when I'm overwhelmed so that they can redirect me and get me back on track again and, and fix my eyes away from myself to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Amber, I, lo- I love that encouragement and, and that isolation piece, man, that that's a killer. You know, you isolate oh, yeah. yourself. Oh man. The, the enemy loves that. Uh, nothing more than, than that. And talk about, you know, Talk about derailing your soul care. You yes. isolate yourself. I mean, God's, we were created to be in community and, and, and God makes that clear throughout scripture. So, so appreciate that reminder. Mm-hmm. So important. And we can get just caught up in stuff and, and forget that. So, so thank you for that, Amber. Yeah. Amber, if people want to connect with you, your ministry, your podcast, your, your book, um, what's the best way for them to do those things? So if you go to my website, amberlbswenson.org, I have my podcast there. I have links to the books. Um, I'm part of Time of Grace. So timeofgrace.org is another place to not only find all the resources that I offer, but the rest of the team as well. 
Excellent. Awesome. And for those of you who might be driving down the road right now as you're listening to this or on a treadmill, um, we'll be sure to have links to Amber's website and uh, where you can find the links to everything else and, and uh, her other ministries that she mentioned um, in the toolkit for this episode at pastorserve.org slash network. So you can find all of that there. Amber, it's been an absolute blessing to have you join us today. Um, certainly appreciate uh, the heart you have for um, encouraging people to to take seriously, as you said, um, caring for our souls. And in the fact that, um, as, as you said and, and reiterated time and again during our conversation, that if we're not caring for our own souls, it's it's very, very difficult for us to care for the souls of others and and to really live out the calling God has in our lives. So thank you for that, that reminder. So appreciate it. It's been a joy. All right. God bless you. Thank you. Now, before you go, I want to remind you of an incredible free resource that our team puts together every single week to help you and your team dig more deeply and maximize the conversation that we just had. This is the weekly toolkit that we provide, and we understand that it's one thing to listen or watch uh, an episode but it's something entirely different to actually take what you've heard, what you've watched, what you've seen, and apply it to your life and to your ministry. You see, Front Stage Backstage is more than just a podcast or YouTube show about ministry leadership. We are a complete resource to help train you and your entire ministry team as you seek to grow and develop in life and ministry. Every single week, we provide a weekly toolkit which has all types of tools in it to help you do just that. Now you can find this at pastorserve.org slash network. That's pastorserve.org slash network. And there you'll find all of our shows, all of our episodes, and all of our weekly toolkits. Now inside the toolkit are several tools, including video links and audio links for you to share with your team. There are resource links about different resources and tools that were mentioned in the conversation, several other tools, but the greatest thing is the Ministry Leaders Growth Guide. Our team pulls key insights and concepts from every conversation with our amazing guests. And then we also create engaging questions for you and your team to consider and process, providing space for you to reflect on how that episode's topic relates to your unique context at your local church, in your ministry, and in your life. Now you can use these questions in your regular staff meetings to guide your conversation as you invest in the growth of your ministry leaders. You can find the weekly toolkit at pastorserve.org slash network. We encourage you to check out that free resource. Until next time, I'm Jason Day, encouraging you to love well, live well, and lead well. God bless.